Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, as we move on in our current study, where is the hope of His coming? Today I will continue to address the very important subject of what has become known as the rapture of the true Church of Jesus Christ. In this effort, we will be taking an in-depth look at the Holy Scriptures, with the Holy Spirit's leading and His correct interpretation, which will be revealed by His Word, with Scripture confirming Scripture. For the unadulterated Word of God's truth bears witness to itself. But before we delve into the wonderful truths that will surely bring joy to those who are longing to meet Jesus in the air, and hopefully stir the hearts of those who have either lost that longing or don't really believe that the rapture is true, allow me to share a commentary written by Dr. David R. Reagan of Lamb and Lion Ministries entitled, Six Reasons Why All Christians Should Desire the Soon Return of Jesus, where he writes, as every new year dawns, I find myself earnestly yearning that it will be the year that will initiate the end times events that will lead to the Lord's return to this earth. The first of those events will be the rapture of His true church. That glorious event will be followed by the great tribulation of seven years, a period of unparalleled horror that will culminate in the return of Jesus to the earth in conquering victory after which he will majestically reign for a thousand years on the throne of David. The writings of the early church fathers from 100 to 300 A.D. reveal that one of the earliest prayers of the church was Maranatha. An example is found in 1 Corinthians 16.22, where the Apostle Paul wrote, If anyone does not love the Lord, let that person be accursed. Maranatha. That word is actually an Aramaic phrase that means, Our Lord, come. This prayer expresses a fact which is confirmed by many other scriptures, namely that the first century church had an ardent desire for the soon return of Jesus, while the 21st century church seems to have lost that desire. Most professing Christians today do not pray Maranatha, for they do not yearn for his return. Christendom at large is caught up in apathy regarding this glorious event, and that is heartbreaking. For God's word decrees that the return of Jesus to catch up his own in the rapture is the believer's blessed hope. Also, we are constantly admonished in Scripture to watch for the Lord's coming and to be ready. Jesus himself said, Be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps alight. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect, as recorded in Luke 12, verses 35 and 40. In Titus 2.13, Paul also wrote, Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. And as Paul faced death in prison, his words are recorded in 2 Timothy 4.7-8. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. 
In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. There are at least six reasons why every Christian should earnestly desire the soon return of Jesus. Number one is Jesus himself. When he came the first time, he was repudiated by the Jews, rejected by his hometown, and spurned by much of his family. He was persecuted by the religious leaders, betrayed by a friend, denied by another friend, and deserted by many of his disciples. He was mocked by the masses, tortured by Roman soldiers, and nailed to a tree in naked humiliation to die for the sins of mankind. It is going to be very different when he returns. The first time, he came as a gentle and helpless baby, but he is going to return as a mighty warrior. He came the first time as a suffering lamb to die for the sins of the world but he is going to return as a conquering lion who will pour out the wrath of God on those who have rejected the love, mercy, and grace of God. His first coming was marked by compassion, humility, and a willingness to be judged and die. He will return in triumph to judge and make war against the enemies of God. He came the first time as a servant, but he is returning as a ruling monarch, and he will receive all the glory that is due him. And he will manifest his glory before his saints and before the nations of the earth, as foretold in Isaiah sixty-six eighteen and Psalm twenty-two twenty-seven to 31 Paul says that Jesus is returning to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed, as recorded in Second Thessalonians 1.10. Truly, as his born-again offspring, we should be hastening the day of his coming to see him glorified in majesty and in power. The second reason the true Christians should desire the Lord's return is Lucifer also known as Satan, God's adversary. His fate was sealed by the cross, but his nefarious activities will not cease until the Lord returns. God will then deal with his dread enemy decisively, and he will vindicate his elect who cry out to him day and night, and will provide them the justice that they have longed for, as promised in Luke 18.7. Romans 16.20 says that Satan will be crushed, and Revelation 20 verse 10 foretells that he will be thrown into the lake of fire, where he will be tormented day and night, forever and ever. God's righteousness will then reign for all eternity. The third reason that true Christians should desire the soon return of Jesus is the creation. When Jesus returns, the creation will receive what it has been promised, restoration. This material universe was originally created in beauty and perfection. But when man rebelled against God, one of the consequences of his sin was that God placed a curse on the creation. Poisonous plants and creatures suddenly appeared, and the animal kingdom turned against itself and man and the natural cataclysms began to take their toll. 
man now had to strive against the nature that he once ruled over, just to survive. But the moment that God placed a curse on the creation, he promised that one day it would be lifted through the seed of the woman, as recorded in Genesis 3.15. That promise is repeated throughout the scriptures. For example, in Isaiah 11, the prophet says that when the Messiah comes to reign, the wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. He further states that the nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra, because the snake will no longer be poisonous. Paul reaffirms this promise in the New Testament in the 8th chapter of Romans. He pictures the whole creation as being like a pregnant woman gripped by birth pains and crying out for the moment of delivery. He says that moment will come when the sons of God are revealed. In other words, at the moment of the rapture, when the dead in Christ will be resurrected first, followed by those who are still alive to meet Jesus in the air, then the Lord's true church will be lifted up into glory with him. The fourth reason that we should be desiring the Lord's return is the nations. When Jesus returns and reigns for a thousand years, the nations will receive what they have been promised, peace, righteousness, and justice. Mankind has dreamed of world peace throughout history. Disarmament treaties have been negotiated. Peace treaties have been signed. International organizations have been created. But true peace has remained elusive. The Bible says that permanent world peace will never be achieved until the Prince of Peace, the Messiah of God, Lord Jesus the Christ, returns. Both Isaiah and Micah prophesied that when the Lord returns, the nations will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks, and that nation will not lift up sword against nation, and never again will they train for war as recorded in Isaiah 2.4 and Micah 4.3. The fifth reason that we should be desiring the return of the Lord is the Jews. When Jesus returns, his covenant people Israel will receive what they have been promised, salvation and primacy. God has made wonderful promises to his chosen people. Some of these are unfulfilled and will not be completed until a remnant of true Jews turn to Jesus and accept him as their Messiah. The prophetic scriptures tell us that this will happen during the Great Tribulation, when the 144,000 Jewish evangelists preach the revelation of Jesus Christ as the Messiah of God. Zechariah says that this called-out remnant will look upon him whom they have pierced and will mourn for him as one who mourns for an only son, as recorded in Zechariah 12.10. The prophet also says that on that day of repentance, a fountain of salvation will be opened up for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem, as recorded in Zechariah 13.1. The sixth reason that believers should be desiring the return of the Lord is the saints. Some of the promises to God's legitimate born-again offspring will be fulfilled at the time of the rapture. This glorious event could happen at any moment and will precede the second coming of Jesus. 
at the harpazo or rapture, as it has become known, by way of the Latin word for catching up, which is raptoro. The dead in Christ will be resurrected, and those who are still alive will be translated together with them to meet our Savior in the air. It is at this time that both the living and the dead in Christ will receive our glorified bodies. These will be immortal, perfected bodies, like the body of Jesus after his resurrection, as recorded in 1 Corinthians 15.42-53 and Philippians 3.21. When Jesus returns to this earth, the saints will come with him and will witness his glorious victory over the Antichrist and his forces, as recorded in Revelation 19.11-21. Jesus will then reign from Mount Zion as the King of kings and Lord of lords, as prophesied in Isaiah 24, 21-23, and we will serve him in his glorious reign. In Isaiah 35, 5-6, it is written, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like the deer, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Micah 4.4 also informs us that everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. And then, after the glorious millennial reign of King Jesus, the final things will be accomplished, including Satan being loosed from the pit and one last rebellion taking place on earth which will end in Satan being cast into the lake of fire to join the Antichrist and the false prophet. This will then be followed by the great white throne judgment of everyone who did not participate in the first resurrection. And finally, the creation of new heavens and a new earth, where righteousness will reign forever. And this is where we must pause for now, beloved, until we come together again. Please keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and rejoice, for our names are written in heaven, in the precious and priceless blood of Jesus, our awesome Savior, and we are forever safe in him. And until next time, beloved, as always, I bid you his agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com.